Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. The lights are out. Curry gets it. The lights go out. The game is over. And we're here to pick up the pieces. This is Warriors Wrap-Up on 95.7 The Game. Well, Paul George, his usage rate in this game is outstanding. Shot goes up, blocked by Wiggins. Knocked it away. Curry in transition. Oh, boys, George comes right down Broadway. Throws to Draymond behind the back, and he laid it in. Oh, man. Oh, man, what a play by Curry. Let me tell you, he put a little pepper on that, didn't he? The whole move. That was spectacular. Started by avoiding George at midcourt. And then he goes behind his back. Looks like he's going to shoot it. No one knew what he was going to do. I am out of words. <laughs> <laughs> I'm you, out of words. You, well, you can't explain that. A little pepper on that. A little salt from Steph Curry in the fourth quarter as uh, he was upset uh, with a non-call and then an ensuing technical foul, and he took it out on the Clippers with uh, three consecutive three-pointers that put the Clippers to bed in the fourth quarter as the Warriors go on to win this matinee in Los Angeles as uh, they win 105-90. to So mark it down now, seven consecutive victories for the Warriors as they improve to 18-2 and uh, on the season. Uh, 888-957-9570-888-957-9570. That is the phone number to participate in the program. You can give me a call. You can shoot me a text. John Dickinson with you here on Warriors Wrap-Up uh, as we take a look at this ball game and uh, look ahead to what's coming up these next couple of games with the Warriors in the Valley of the Sun to take on a Phoenix Sun squad that's won 16 consecutive games. So as you look at where this Warriors team heads forward now, you're going to have a seven-game winning streak with the Warriors and the team with the best record in the NBA at 18-2 and heading to Phoenix. And then you've got the Suns who have won 16 consecutive games and uh, they now are 17-3, and three. so one game off, top two teams in the West, top two teams in the NBA, and my goodness, is that going to be spicy uh, over the course of this week? And, of course, we're going to have you covered uh, on 95-7, the game uh, leading up to that ball game on Tuesday and obviously in the aftermath Wednesday and Thursday and, and looking ahead at the rematch, which is going to be the Warriors' next home game inside Chase Center on Friday. So the Warriors getting that win and getting that box checked in this game this afternoon goes a long way toward setting up the the mass hysteria in a good way that that we're all going to get to be a part of here and experience with those two teams going at it. As far as the ball game this afternoon, I, I always like to begin by just what you think of a game coming into it versus how exactly things wind up playing out. And I think when you look at at this game going into it, you had the top two teams in the NBA in terms of defense. So you're thinking, hey, this has the potential to be a battle. We've seen the Clippers in recent memory like to get really physical, even going back to the home opener that the Warriors played at Chase Center on October the 21st. Warriors were able to get off to a big-time start in that one, scored 44 points in the first quarter. And then from that point on, it was it was kind of all Clippers, except for Stephen Curry going off and hitting a couple of big threes in, in the fourth quarter of that one. So uh, you, you add it all up, and you think there's some potential for, a defensive battle, I think, at times. You, you couple that with the fact that it is an early start, the, the first and, and only uh, matinee start on the docket for the Warriors this season. And you wonder, are they going to be maybe looking ahead at the games against Phoenix? Uh, 
Steph Curry, it, it's well known that the shooting woes that he's had from time to time uh, inside Staples Center. Uh, and, and so you're, you're just kind of wondering what kind of game is this going to be? The potential was there for it to be ugly. And in the first half and really for the first two and a half quarters, it it delivered. <laughs> I think it delivered on uh, every single level as far as uh, ugly uh, turnovers, poor offense, uh, you know, uh, just I think the one aspect of this, uh, you know, good defense uh, as well. I, I think that is part of the equation when you have a, a game, you know, 24 20 at the end of the first quarter. It's it's a 44 42 game at the half with the Warriors ahead. And I think the Warriors had to probably consider themselves you know, feeling pretty good about themselves to be ahead, even by the, the two points at the half. But I think the best way to categorize this this game as a whole, and there is a lot of, in particular, second-half minutiae to get to and uh, some platitudes to, to hand out, obviously, for Steph and, and, and the finish that he had and Jordan Poole, the third quarter that he had, and, and, and Otto Porter Jr. as somebody that, again, has a knack for coming up big on – nights or in this case afternoons where others maybe are not shooting the basketball or showing the offensive prowess that they're typically known for. But I think the simplest way to look at at this game from the Golden State Warriors perspective is they accepted the grind. They accepted the grind. They accepted the fact that, all right, maybe we're thinking about Phoenix Maybe it's the lone afternoon game on the docket. Maybe it's uh, in a building where shooting has been an issue, at least for the Warriors' best player from time to time. And you know that a Ty Lue coach team and a team wearing clippers across the front of their jersey is going to try and and make the game as ugly as possible, especially with Stephen Curry and, and Jordan Poole. And they've had at different times over the years some success using those kinds of tactics and and that kind of of gameplay. But I think the Warriors accepted that grind. And and I think that's the indicator at this point of just where the Golden State Warriors are on this journey toward proving themselves to be championship-level contenders again. Because championship teams go in and on nights or afternoons where maybe they don't have it and the game isn't isn't flowing at, at the at the level that they'd want it to be flowing at they have the ability to uh, win it the opposition's way and, and look the Warriors have been the best defensive team in the league and they have more weapons than the Clippers so it shouldn't come to anybody's surprise necessarily that the Warriors were able to to hold the Clippers down around 90 points and throughout the course of a 48-minute game, their offensive weapons would come up larger uh, than the Clippers' offensive weapons, and they'd wind up at some point uh, pulling away uh, in this one, and that's exactly what happened. But but I think the biggest just initial takeaway is the Warriors accepted the grind on the long journey of an 82-game season, and all right, if we got to win ugly today, We'll win ugly today. Uh, And I think that's where, uh, again, you sort of file this thing away big picture. And I think that's that's a very, very positive uh, outcome. Yes, in the win. Yes, in the seven in a row. Yes, in the 18 and two overall. But I think in, in... the core crux of building uh, a championship identity, I think that's a, a great place to start. 888-957-9570. 888-957-9570. It's John Dickinson here inside uh, the studios uh, as the Warriors get the win in L.A. 105-90 to as they beat uh, the Clippers in this one to improve to 18-2. and Now, you got to get to Steph Curry, you got to get to Jordan Poole because there were two key junctures uh, of this game. Really, the beginning uh, of the third quarter, beginning of the fourth quarter, where the Warriors were able to uh, extend and pull away uh, and, and gain some separation. But I think you also have to go back to the second quarter where the Clippers have been excellent in second quarters. Best in the league in second quarters. 
and the Warriors were able to get on a 12-3 run in the middle of that second quarter. And again, I talk about embracing the grind of this one. There was a, a rugged nature to it. The Warriors are not making free throws. They're not making shots. But but they are defensively accepting that challenge. And they outscore the Clippers 24-18. to And I think that was the moment where just being ahead and winning a quarter that the Clippers had dominated – I think that set a tone for maybe what was to come throughout the course of of the remainder of the afternoon. Uh, And then you look at the third quarter, uh, not a great start. I know the Warriors had four or five turnovers in the first four or five minutes of of the game in this one. They had three turnovers in the first minute or minute plus, I think, of of the third quarter uh, of this one. Uh, But the one thing the Warriors – were able to do was return the favor defensively uh, as the Warriors wound up with a season high in terms of steals, 19 steals for Golden State here. Uh, But it was an 11-2 run despite a a little bit of an off-kilter start with some of the turnovers. And all of a sudden that two-point lead was pushed up all the way to 11. And then the Clippers got back in it uh, with a 9-3 run of their own. And then you head toward the latter portion of the third quarter at this point. And Jordan Poole, second time we've seen Jordan Poole this season have nothing going, have nothing going in Staples Center uh, against the Lakers on in the opener, against the Clippers, and really for the second straight game head-to-head against the Clippers as he was a 4-for-14 for, uh, for nine points in that game against the Clippers back on the 21st of October. But Poole has not a lot working for himself in this one. And Isaiah Hartenstein goes up, he gets a block, he flexes over Poole, and then Jordan Poole decides to go absolutely white-hot nuclear over the course of the final couple of minutes of the third quarter. Four three-pointers. And and this is part of the offensive weaponry that the Warriors possess. And I think you know you are as good as what you can you know put together on the days and the games where you struggle. And I think for the Warriors to struggle as mightily as, as they struggled at times, to still have the offensive weaponry to be able to have somebody go off and kind of take over the game in different moments, I think anger transitioning into dominance is another theme uh, from this ball game for the Golden State Warriors. Uh, when you look at Jordan Poole, the anger of getting kind of shown up by Hartenstein, and then four late third quarter threes, all of a sudden a a game where the Warriors had separated themselves and then it got close and you're thinking, wait a minute, maybe the Warriors didn't do enough to withstand uh, the the great defense that they had played. Maybe they haven't done enough to withstand uh, the the Clippers feeling that they're in a better position uh, at that point than than maybe they should have been. But Jordan Poole said, "Uh uh-uh. Jordan Poole at that point said, "Uh uh-uh, buries the threes. All of a sudden, the Warriors have a little bit of separation. And now you feel a little bit differently about Golden State going to the fourth quarter because you know Steph Curry is going to be starting the fourth quarter. So typically a seven, eight-point lead going to the fourth quarter, with the way the rotation has worked in the past – you're kind of worried. You're kind of confused. You're, you're thinking, well, are you going to be able to withstand the non-Curry minutes? Well, now the top of the fourth, quor- fourth quarter is no longer the non-Curry minutes. So you look at that, and it becomes you have a shot to maybe push. And, and the Warriors, uh, when you look at the fourth quarter, uh, were able to go 9-2 uh, to begin the quarter uh, right off the top. And then uh, from 75-68, it was 84-70. to uh, And then you had uh, Terrence Mann clubbing Stephen Curry. No call. Offensive foul on the next play. And you know, Curry was was kind of upset. It was an, an, an uneven game, it felt like, for the Warriors in terms of they were, they were upset with the officials at different junctures. I think they thought maybe that the officials were letting the Clippers get away with a little bit more physicality than, than they were letting the Warriors get away with. And so Curry gets the tech and really could probably consider himself fortunate that he didn't get ejected because you so rarely see Stephen Curry come out as demonstratively 
as he did at an official. And, and there was a, a split second or two where I thought, oh boy, Steph might get ejected. And even though the Warriors have a little bit of a cushion in this one, uh, it might be it might be sketchy where they're trying to hang on and hoping that Jordan Poole's going to have to save them down the stretch uh, as, as the Clippers uh, are, are able to to make some semblance of a run. But uh, he didn't get the, the shooting foul on, the, on that layup where man got him, got in the official's face, probably on some days would have seen himself uh, being told to hit the showers. Uh, but at that point, uh, the Warriors extend the run as Curry goes hot. Bang, bang, bang. Three three-pointers consecutively. All of a sudden for Steph, it's a 21-7 run. It's 98-77 from 77-70. And uh, you look at it at the end of the day, the Warriors are, are at that point uh, cruising uh, on an afternoon where the game was pretty ugly, and they wind up getting the win in this one, 105-90. to So 888-957-9570, I, I think you could file this one away as... Uh, the Warriors taking some punches, maybe from the officials a little bit, maybe from the opposition a little bit, and and now putting themselves in a position where you know they're showing some of that that fight and that that championship medal uh, that 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 would have the the potential to to lead them down the path that they are uh, obviously uh, trying to get back to uh, and attain. So, all right, let's uh, hear from the head coach of the Warriors, Steve Kerr, in this one uh, as the Warriors get the job done on on kind of an uneven afternoon down at Staples Center. Uh, Here's the head coach of the Warriors. It was uh, as upset as I've seen Steph in a long time, and it was as upset as I've been in a long time, too. Um, it's kind of a miracle that I didn't get a technical, um, but you know, it seemed to get him going. So, um, you know, whatever it takes, I guess. Why do you think that's that set? Well, I mean, he, he clearly got fouled. And, then, yeah, I mean, Steph is a guy who, you know, he's, he's just so competitive and, and – um, you know, when, when he knows he got fouled, especially in a play like that in transition where it's right in, out in the open, easy to see, and he doesn't get the call, he's every once in a while he's going to snap. He doesn't do it often, but um, when he knows he's right, um, the, the competitor in him comes out and uh, he'll he'll kind of lose his mind a little bit, but it often spurs him like it did uh, in this instance. Yeah, similar, similar. <laughs> Only I don't really do anything special after I get mad. Steph does a lot of special stuff. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't really. I just saw him go towards the official and and you know kind of pump his fist. So I I, I figured he'd get the uh, the tech, but I I didn't see enough of it to know whether he you know what was going to happen. You never know when, um, when it's coming with Steph. It, it can come out of the blue. But generally, when he gets angry, you know, he's he steps it up and, and turns it up a notch. Yeah, it was a it was a, you know, a chippy game. It was very physical. Clippers have a great defense. Um, they, they play really hard. They make it difficult on you. And, uh, you know, we obviously have a, a great defensive team, too. So it was a very physical game. And there was some, uh, you know, some frustration. Um, as as there often is in a physical uh, game, so uh, technicals, both sides, whatever. It's just um, it's all part of competition, and it's uh, you got to embrace it. He's been great defensively all year, um, and I hope people are recognizing it. You know, everyone obviously locks in on his offensive brilliance as they should. But you know, he had six steals tonight, uh, eight deflections. Um, just um, he's all over the place, and uh, I, for whatever reason, he has you know a reputation of being a poor defender. I, I, I don't, um, I don't see that at all. I think he's a really good defender, and he's been he's been great defensively all year this year. Is that, that positioning? Is it just basketball IQ, like knowing where to be, or how to, or how the system works? Yeah, I think it's uh, a lot of it is uh, just his basketball sense, and then I also think he's in the best shape of his life. I don't think he's ever been stronger physically and it shows up uh, at both ends, his ability to, you know, run through contact on offense, off the ball, uh, but also his ability to mix it up defensively. 
Well, I think with our team, everything starts with Steph and Draymond, you know, and, and their connection together. Um, Draymond every year, um, you know, is, is probably the leading assist guy amongst all the front court players. And uh, Steph draws two all the time because of his offensive brilliance. And he does a great job of getting the ball out of his hands. I think it's probably one of the most underrated aspects of Steph's game is his ability to get the ball out of traps. Um, and then you've got a four on three. And uh, so between those two guys setting the tone, then it's, then it's just, um, you know, move the ball to the open guy. And we, we've got a lot of guys who, uh, who do that really well, just moving the ball on. I watched them last night against Brooklyn and they're a great two-way team. They defend really well. And then uh, they're really efficient offensively. They kind of know who they are. Um, you know what they're going to do pattern-wise. They're going to get into ball screens and spread the floor with three-point shooters. And, Recording in progress. Uh, two great um, finishers with uh, Aiden and, and uh, JaVale, um, you know, rim running and, and diving to the rim and, putting a lot of pressure on your defense. Uh, Monty's done an incredible job the last couple of years, just uh, kind of building the foundation, obviously went to the finals a year ago. So uh, they're, uh, they're a fantastic team. All right. So Steve Kerr there uh, sharing his thoughts on this one. And, you know, the one thing that stood out to me, uh, the, the, reputation or the conversation with respect to the reputation of, of Steph Curry being a poor defender. I know Mark Medina, uh, who covers the NBA and has covered the NBA for a long time, and I'm not coming down his road. He's a, he's a good friend and, and somebody that's been uh, a contributor uh, on, on this radio station uh, when he covered the Warriors before he went to the National. At, at one point, he put out a tweet during the game, and, and he said, hey, you know, Steph Curry is having a – a, a sneaky good defensive season. And, and, and my response to that was pretty simple. I, I don't think it's been all that sneaky. And, you know, I know sometimes the, the defensive metrics and, and you can kind of pick your stats and, and anytime uh, you're in a situation where you're early in the season, small sample size, all of that, uh, you, you can kind of find numbers that, that sway for individuals one way or another, you know, depending upon, you know, how your read is on, on what case you're trying to make about a player, good or bad. Uh, but, but my point was, if you've watched the Warriors play over the course of, of these first 20 games of, of this season, uh, you know Steph Curry's been – he's been a really good defender this year. And, and, yeah, maybe there is this reputation of him being a poor defender, but really he hasn't been a poor defender – I think even going back to the last couple of years that the Warriors were were contending for championships. I mean, I think we're we're three or so you know years removed from the time where he would have been considered a, a poor defender. I think we're actually at the point right now where it's almost you almost have to consider him a really good defender. I, I mean, I think that's the level that he's he's played at, and I really don't think it's that much of a surprise. If you've if you've been watching the games, and I know that the game with with James Harden and and Brooklyn, and and he you know him kind of standing up Harden, who's who's clearly moving a little bit slower these days. I mean, there are more primary assignments that he's been asked to take and taken because Clay Thompson's been out. And, and sure, Wiggins will get some of those assignments, and the Warriors have thrown Gary Payton the second on uh, some of these. Uh, you know, scoring guards at, at different points. Uh, but but Steph has accepted the challenge. And, and, and whether it's it's one-on-one defense or it's it's passing lane defense and, and the like, uh, he's accepted the challenge in a, in a big-time way. And, and you look at Steph Curry, six steals in, in the game today for Stephen Curry, just uh, impressive as anything. And the Warriors had multiple players – uh, with with five or more steals at one point, uh, and and I think Gary Payton the second actually wound up with a steal taken away uh, at, at one point because and Steph ended up with six and Gary Payton the second on the official box score that I'm looking at ended up with four, but that would have been the first time in nearly 15 years that the Warriors had two players uh, with five or more steals 
in the same game. Uh, so, yeah, you look at, at what Steph was able to do. He had five of the six in the first half, and he was on pace to, to potentially have the most steals that, that he's had uh, in an NBA game in his career. Uh, I believe the number was seven for Steph as far as his, his career high. And, and so, yeah, he's he's been all over the place in the passing lanes. He's been getting his hands in. He's been, he's been forcing uh, a, a lot of turnovers. And I think a, a big key as to why the, the – Warriors have had uh, the, the defense that they have uh, to this point. 888-957-9570, 888-957-9570. We'll go ahead and pause. We're going to hear from Draymond Green here coming up. Uh, Warriors beat the Clippers this afternoon, 105-90. to 90, uh, And you heard it right here on 95.7 The Game. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Down below is Curry off a screen. Fired it from the right wing. Buried another one. He's got 28 against this pressure defense today. This crowd is roaring. 92-77 Warriors. Now back to Warriors wrap up on 95-7 the game. Yeah, and another ball game where the Warrior fan base went into another building and kind of took the joint over. You could tell both on the radio feed and on the television feed just from watching the game. And I, I kind of went back and forth between both. Uh, John Dickinson here on 95-7 the game. Warriors wrap up. 105-90 Golden State is the final. Dubs are now 18-2. and but yeah, add add Staples Part Two to the list, and if you just run through, and, and the Warriors haven't played a lot of road games in the early part of, of this season, but the opener in Staples always going to be more of a, a split crowd. Anytime you're playing the Lakers, there are a lot of Warrior fans inside Staples Center for that opener back on on October the nineteenth, and then you go to Sacramento for the second road game of the year on the 24th and, and they pretty much took over Golden One Center on that Sunday afternoon and then uh, Charlotte and Brooklyn as well were the two that, that really stood out uh, the Sunday a couple of weeks ago with Stephen Curry obviously going back to his hometown and then the one that was probably the most audible uh, and noticeable of, of any was the, the game in Brooklyn with Stephen Curry getting the MVP chance uh, while he's going head-to-head against Kevin Durant in uh, at that point, you could say was maybe the marquee game on the entire schedule in the first couple of weeks of the season, only to be surpassed by the next couple of games that the Warriors are going to be playing when they go head to head against the Suns uh, down in the Valley on Tuesday night, and then on Friday back uh, up here at Chase Center in the Bay. But yeah, today another one. So one, two. Three, four, I mean, this is what the fourth time, uh, fourth or fifth time, really, uh, I think at this point that the Warrior fans, and you, you can tell, you know, not being able to, to go to games freely 
these last couple of years, you compound that with the fact that the Warriors seemingly now are back uh, on top of the mountain or at least close to the top of the mountain in terms of being a, a contender status. And there, there's just a, a pent-up fervor and, and almost a, a feeling of a rebirth, it feels like, uh, among this fan base and the love affair that they have with Steph and his game still being at that that MVP level, I think even to a greater extent than it was last year. And it took everybody by storm last year, although uh, fans obviously weren't able to go freely to games really until the end of the year and and really not even until the beginning of, of this season when it could be full throat up here in the Bay Area. But the Warrior crowd travels well, and uh, the Warrior fan base has traveled well, I think, to this point. L.A. times two, Sacramento, Brooklyn, hell, even Charlotte. And, and I know from over the years, the Suns haven't always been good. Uh, in fact, for the most part, they've been bad during the time that the Warriors have been good. Not the case now with the second-best record in the in the NBA and uh, a team that, that went to the NBA Finals, had a 2 nothing lead back in July uh, against the Milwaukee Bucks. But uh, the Warriors... And, and their fan base during leaner times for the Suns have been able to go down and, and, and take over that arena. Um, man, even even going back, I think, to the, the We Believe era years, uh, I, I feel like the, the Warrior fan base was able to go down and, and kind of take over uh, in Phoenix, even when that iteration of, of Suns teams were were pretty good. 888-957-9570, triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero. John Dickinson here on ninety five seven the game. It's Warriors wrap up, Warriors win over the Clippers one oh five to ninety as they get the job done inside Staples Center. Uh, eighteen and two now are the dubs on the season. Uh, there also was uh, a bit of of good news uh, during the game. Uh, th- this dropped during the game. The Warriors sending out a release that uh, Clay Thompson and James Wiseman were assigned to Santa Cruz, both players assigned to the G League affiliate uh, earlier this afternoon. Again, this was right around halftime uh, when that was officially announced. And uh, I don't think don't think games at this point, and, and I wouldn't say that the Warriors have completely ruled out whether Clay and Wiseman potentially could play some games down in Santa Cruz. I don't think that's what this stretch necessarily is. And and I just happened to look up the schedule of the Santa Cruz Warriors and you look at it and they actually don't even have a game until Friday. So the way this was reported uh, by Shams Sharania of the athletic, along with Anthony Slater of the athletic and, and one of our very own warriors insiders here for 95, seven, the game, it, it was put, out there as if uh, get some practice reps for both Clay Thompson and and James Wiseman, and with the Warriors being uh, obviously on the road, they they didn't get a chance to practice yesterday. They canceled practice yesterday. They were going to have a little light workout before they flew down to L.A. They ended up flying down to L.A. and you know spend the night last night, early game today. Obviously heading to Phoenix, they'll probably have a workout tomorrow. It was already deemed that that Clay and Wiseman weren't going to be going on on this little two game trip. So the Warriors basically are, are not going to be back in the Bay uh, until late on Tuesday night. Wednesday becomes an off day with the extra day uh, before probably a practice day on Thursday, and then they take on the Suns in the rematch, and then the Spurs in a back-to-back. So that means you're not going to practice a week from today off of the back-to-back, and then you got another game on the Monday, and then you're going back on the road shortly thereafter for an, for an Eastern swing. And then the point I'm trying to make here is before you know it, the calendar is at December 20th, and you haven't had a whole hell of a lot of practice time. And, and that means not only for the current players that are healthy and, and able to play, but also trying to acclimate a couple of these guys back in and get them up to speed and get them those regular practice reps. So all of that being said, I think that's the explanation as to why Clay Thompson and James Wiseman both were were sent uh, down to Santa Cruz here for the next few days. Again, no games for for the for the Santa Cruz Warriors. I know I, it was kind of uh, floating around Twitter, like, "Oh, are they going to play in a game? And 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 when can you get down there? How can you go buy tickets and the like?" And, and look, I wouldn't be surprised if one or both at some point maybe did 
play in a game for the Santa Cruz Warriors, but I would I would imagine at this point that that is probably not going to be on the table at least uh, in the, in the near future. But but again, there isn't any games. They play Friday and Saturday, which are the same nights that the Warriors play. So if it's going to happen, uh, it, it would you know potentially happen then at the earliest. And then the only other uh, option would be when the Warriors are out on the road. Uh, middle of December, December 17th, as they're wrapping up that five-game road trip before they come home and take on the Kings on the 20th and then and then ultimately take on uh, the uh, Memphis Grizzlies on the 23rd before the Christmas holiday, and then you start getting into that range. But I think good news, good news no matter what, that the activity level is where it is for both players at this point, and, and I think – uh, it's a good sign as far as Wiseman, who I, I don't believe had been cleared at this point to go through five-on-five five or, or full scrimmages. So it could be an indicator with Wiseman going down that, that maybe he's been cleared to go through five-on-five five or full scrimmages uh, at, at this point, and, and that would be a, a means to be able to go down. You send those two players down. They're able to, to scrimmage with that G League team. And, and get some run that way, work on the conditioning and, and, and go through all of the, the regular drills that you would go through with a team that's that's on a more regular practice schedule, uh, which the Warriors at this point uh, are, are not on a, a regular practice schedule. 888-957-9570, triple eight. 957-9570. It's John Dickinson on 95.7 The Game. Uh, the Warriors getting the win uh, this afternoon in Los Angeles as it is uh, a 105-90 to victory for Golden State. Uh, the Warriors now 18-2 and on the season, and it, shut, it sets up the showdown for the Warriors to take on the Clippers, or to take on the Suns, rather, on Tuesday in Phoenix, a team that's won 16 consecutive games, uh, and uh, the defending, uh, obviously, Western Conference champions. Just kind of reviewing this ball game again, uh, ugly, ugly first half. Warriors up to the challenge, accepting the challenge of just the physicality uh, and the brutality, I think. The Clippers loved the, the, the terms that this game was played on today. And, and I think the Warriors at times have been uncomfortable with those terms against teams that really want to muck it up and make it physical and have their wing players lean on Steph and lean on Jordan Poole and get in the passing lanes. And, and yeah, maybe we'll put you on the line a little bit, but that doesn't matter because there's going to be no flow to the game. There's going to be a lot of stoppages. There's going to be a lot out of bounds. There's going to be a lot of free throws you in essence prevent some of the runs at least in theory you prevent some of the runs that the Warriors are able to get out on and the Warriors really didn't have a massive run until the 21-7 run in the fourth quarter but it was two big runs led by each of the Warriors starting guards uh, in this game that that ultimately uh, proved to be the difference it was the the Jordan Poole flurry of being able to knock down four straight three-pointers after Isaiah Hartenstein had blocked a shot and flexed over him. That right at the end of the third quarter uh, put the Warriors in position where they were up seven going to the fourth. And then you had the sequence where, look, you don't want an angry Steph Curry. You just don't. And he thought he got fouled by Terrence Mann going up on the layup attempt. He pretty clearly did get fouled by Terrence Mann. And and Curry, for him, I would say went ballistic on the official, picked up a technical foul, uh, but then had every answer from then on as far as uh, just three consecutive threes. Bang, bang, bang. Uh, He hits uh, three three three-pointers. And all of a sudden, the Warriors are up by 21, and it's uh, essentially night-night for the Clippers as this Warriors team once again continues to show that they can win basketball games in many, 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 many different different ways. All right, let, let's go ahead and hear from Draymond Green uh, following this one uh, as uh, Draymond. Uh, he's not afraid to mix it up and loves uh, the ugly type of a ball game. Eight points, seven boards. Uh, Draymond uh, mixing it up in this one. Uh, seven assists, four boards, uh, and uh, just gritting and grinding his way to helping the Warriors to this victory. Uh, let's hear from number twenty-three down in Los Angeles. Yeah, that was great <clears throat> and deserved. 
Saw the play? Yeah. It was great. Nah, I didn't. Um, no. Yeah. Uh, they also took one away um, right there in the corner. But you saw the flurry coming. I was telling Jordan Poole over there, yeah, he about to put this one up. Start putting them up. It's good to watch. Uh, <clears throat> it's not just this season, though. I think it was last season as well. And I don't think anyone talked about it. I actually mentioned it a few times last year. Like, no one talks about Steph's defense. Um, I think the one thing that has been constant forever is, damn, six steals. The one thing that has been constant forever is his effort. Like, he's never not given effort on that side of the ball. I think he used to reach a lot. And, you know, he'd be in great position and reach and foul. And we just kind of used to harp on him, like, yo, stop reaching, stop reaching. It got to the point where he would reach and be like, ah, as soon as he do it, you know. And you just have seen him continue to take steps. And now he's one of the best defenders we have on our team now. And I think it's, it's – uh, you know, it's beautiful to watch when he's when he's given the type of effort that he gives on the, that he's been given on that side of the floor. Um, everyone else has to follow, you know, and and it makes our defense that much better. Teams are still trying to put him in a pick and roll, which is fine. We cover that, and and in part due to where he is defensively, how good he's gotten defensively. So it's uh, it's not just this year though. It's it's been a constantly getting better and last year I thought it was just as good um, as it is now but obviously it continues to get better I think it's a mixture of, of all of them it's it's strength uh, <clears throat> one of the strongest guys on the team now um, yeah you, you should see him in the weight room he's pretty strong uh, but you also see him putting the work in every day twice a day uh, in the weight room like, it's it's sometimes a bit excessive, but it's beautiful. And now, as I said with the you know with the defense, you see everybody in there after the game. You know, you see everybody in there before practice. But when that's what your leader gives you to follow, you have no choice but to fall in line. And uh, and so he's. I think it's definitely a mixture of strength. Um, his lateral quickness is better, but again, that's you improve that in the weight room. Uh, and so, you know, him and him and Carl, uh, they spend a ton of time together. Uh, he, Carl's almost walks around in Steph's pocket. That's how much they're there together, and <clears throat> they're always working. And you see it. You see the improvement. So, it's a mixture of those two things, and also his IQ just continues to get better. And that, you know, obviously that comes with time, and you just understand the offenses. You understand what teams want to get to, and you try to take those things away. But it, it's been great. Uh, it has its positives and its negatives, just like everything else. Um, it, it definitely has its positives. As, as you know, as an athlete, a part of what you do is entertain. Um, and when you see those followers, it, it gives you that juice. You know, it, it it gives you a certain confidence boost. And so I think it's it's great. And you know. Nobody's following the team, so it's, you know you want that, but it has its downside to it as well. Uh, sometimes you just try and go on about your day, and it don't quite work out that way. You know, sometimes you want to go to dinner, and you got to get through thirty people to go to dinner, forty people, fifty people to go to dinner. You know, so sometimes, uh, you know, it 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 gets a little challenging at times. Uh, because you, you, you lose some of your life. You know, you, you lose some of your freedom of what you can do and just do it. You know what I'm Like, not have to deal with whatever comes with it. Just go do what you want to do. And so you lose some of that. Uh, but in saying that, I think we all rather have it that way than the latter. So it's cool. Uh, the last, last couple of years, I've done a lot of work with um, – with Travell Gaines and and James, and J- me and James put a ton of work in, and 
<clears throat> we'd be in the gym doing defensive slides and crossover steps and, you know, uh, which helps you with recovery. You know, you get beat. Your crossover step is important. Uh, you can't, you get beat, you can't keep sliding. Like, you got to make up that ground. And so we do a ton of that, a ton of explosive stuff, a uh, ton of things working on my lateral quickness. Uh, you know, how fast can you jump after the first jump, different things like that. And so, you know, I got to give those guys a lot of credit. Uh, I feel way better than I have. Um, I feel lighter. I feel faster. I feel quicker. I feel more explosive. And so, you know, uh, f- for years that lifting wasn't really my thing. I just was already strong. So in my mind, I'm like, I'm strong. I don't need to lift. Like, what I need to lift for to get stronger? I, can nobody really move me like that? So, but it's so much deeper than that. And it took for me to continue to grow and gain that understanding of how important that is. Uh, and now, you know, it's just a part of the routine. It's, a, you know, it's just a part of the regimen. And it's like second nature now. But we do a lot of work on defensive sliding and, like I said, the crossover step, the drop step, just different things. So when you're in the game, it's second nature. You're not thinking about what you're doing. But yet, I can pull a clip, you know, and, like, I, I sent a clip to James uh, last week. Like, yo, look at this crossover step. I had cut somebody off and got a block after they beat me. He was like, damn, that was elite. You know, <clears throat> but that's the fun in it. Like, being able to um, notice those things and and just doing them second nature without thinking about it. Yeah, no, they definitely wouldn't go viral. Um, <clears throat> just like defense never goes viral because half the people don't know what the hell they're looking at. Uh you know, so it's easy to say, oh, man, this guy made a shot. He got hot. Like, yeah, we all see that soaking my kids. Um, but on the defensive end, it's a little different. You know, you have to actually know what you're looking at in order to dissect it and pull it apart. And most people don't. Uh, number one is it's going to be a very physical matchup. Phoenix is a physical team. Um, they're going to run their sets. They're going to. Obviously, uh, you know, they're following D-Book and CP. Uh, so you got to try to cut the head of the snake off whenever you're trying to stop anyone's attack. But overall, I think it'll be a good game. I highly anticipated. Uh, two two teams that's playing well. Obviously, they won 16 in a row. You want to be the team to go stop that, and you got a great opportunity to do it. Um, <clears throat> but overall, uh, I think it'll be a very tough game. Uh, you know, nobody's going to just walk in there and, Walk out with a win. You got to go in there and earn a win and take the win. And just do all you can to try to take them away from the things that they like to do. Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be a much highly anticipated game, and it does all start with with Chris Paul and Devin Booker and, and all of the length. Uh, that that team has, and and you know they're a physical team, they're a defensive team. They will want to you know make plays defensively. Uh, I think similarly to the way that the Clippers do in terms of physicality and and you know defensive playmaking, uh, as well as uh, you know getting you know up and down and 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 being able to you know put Booker in positions to succeed. I mean, it's a hell of a matchup. Uh, and when you look at you know top two teams in the league. Warriors have won seven in a row, and you know they were in the finals uh, a year ago and couldn't quite get over the hump. You've got the Warriors trying to get back to the top of the mountain. I mean, it's going to be uh, an unbelievable game and couple of games uh, with respect to in, in Phoenix uh, on Tuesday and then at Chase Center on Friday. Uh, John Dickinson here, Warriors wrap-up on 95.7 The Game. A uh, couple of more thoughts here. Uh, the six steals from Stephen Curry and you know, Draymond relating just how good Steph has been uh, now from where he was, now being one of the best defenders on the team, one of the strongest guys on the team. He also kind of got into the fact that he's worked on his strength and conditioning uh, at maybe a little bit of a different level. It, it's shown uh, when you look at, at Draymond and, and just how – uh, he looks like he's – and look, he had the, the COVID issues at the beginning of last year, uh, which I think set him back. Uh, and so I, I think when you look at it, uh, you know, he's in better shape and was going to be in better shape naturally uh, just just based on the fact that, that 
you know, he had gotten through that and gotten through that that season. Uh, but but he he clearly committed himself to to maybe going about things differently, and and he looks good. He he looks as good physically, I think, as as he has uh, in in a number of years, and and he's one of those guys where it it, it always gets talked about, right? Uh, like, you know, what's the decline going to look like for a guy like Draymond Green? I think people thought the last three or even four years there was maybe a bigger decline uh, with Draymond coming, or that it had already happened. Well, he's he's pushed back on that in, in a big time way this year. Uh, and look, I've I've said it, and I'm I'm going to pat myself on the back a little bit for saying it. You put bigger stakes in front of Draymond Green, and Draymond Green's going to come up bigger. And I think he's realized, like Steph has and others, that you know very quickly this team has the opportunity to do something special. And when he's able to sense that, you get a, a whole different Draymond Green uh, that's that's conducive to, to winning uh, a hell of a lot uh, of basketball games. And, and that's the Draymond Green that the Warriors have now. They, they've got the 1918-17 version of, of Draymond Green, not the 20 or even the 21 version, although the 21 version was, was still pretty good in its own right, but never felt like it was, you know, at that level that he's been able to uh, attain for this year. All right, time for your Stephen Curry three-point update brought to you by Masterclass. As uh, Steph came into play uh, this afternoon with 98 three-pointers made on the season, uh, Steph Curry 7 for 13 uh, in this ball game. Who says he can't shoot at Staples Center? Not a problem today, at least from deep. 12 of 22 overall, but seven more three-pointers. So that pushes Steph over the 100 mark uh, in terms of three-pointers, 105 three-pointers made for Stephen Curry uh, on the season. And you look at Curry, he breaks his own mark for the fastest uh, to get to 100 or more three-pointers. Fewest games. His mark was 20. Uh, he owns that. Uh, and you look at uh, now he did it in 19 games. The Warriors' 20th game today, but Curry's uh, 19th game uh, for him this year. So he knocks down the 7, now at 105. Masterclass lets you earn from over 100 world-class instructors anytime, anywhere, and at your own pace. Get 15% off your annual membership at masterclass.com slash the game. All right, we'll pause here. Uh, we'll come back. Uh, John Dickinson uh, on Warriors wrap-up. We'll bring in Dan Devone uh, and Shamari Block as well. They're coming up uh, after me. We'll bring those guys in here. Uh, that's coming up next right here on 95.7 The Game. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 